0: Welcome to the Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from the Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. I hope that all of you had a great day. Christmas celebration.
1: And I you know, and I also recognize that for some of you, Christmas is not necessarily a great time of year because there are a lot of memories necessarily that are not good or loved ones who were missed. But the reality is, is that the church for many, many years now has celebrated Christmas. And we're going to talk about Christmas today and, and the reality of it. And we're going to talk about the child and that he was more than a baby. But I think I need to start out a little bit with kind of bringing us up to speed with the whole issue of Christmas and why we celebrate it. There was a an interesting s- survey that was done during the week by Lifeway Research, it was picked up by USA Today that pointed out that for Americans, 80% of you when asked what do you identify Christmas with, 80% of Americans said they identify Christmas with family, not with Jesus but with family. And you know that's something some of you can say, well, that's, that's not right. Jesus is the reason for the season. And you can get all fired up about that. I'm not going to get fired up about that. Because for our society today, it's what it is. It's a family time. And for some of you, that's what it is. It's getting together with family. And that's what we've done. And maybe you have done that. I've done that. We've gotten together with family. We've had a great time. Now, here's what's happening today, and I want to to point this out to you. Today, we've got the worship wars, and there's Operation Christmas that's out there, if you listen to some of the radio stations. And and the reality is, is, here's what I want to say to you. Whether you say Happy Holidays or Merry Christmas to most Americans really doesn't matter. Christmas, and the reality of it, is for believers. It's for you and I who truly believe. For everyone else, it's a celebration. It's a family time. It's Santa Claus. It's reindeer. It maybe is a babe in the manger. But for you and I as believers, as those who have put our faith and trust in Jesus, it is a remembrance of a significant event, one significant event of many events that would ultimately lead to what? The cross, our salvation. So whether or not somebody says Merry Christmas at the store or Happy Holidays or whatever else they may say, really is not the issue. The issue is, what do you believe about Christmas? And what do you hold to in your personal life? And what significance is it to you where you're at? That's really the issue. Why? Because that's the issue in the scripture. So we're going to look at a passage today. Most people don't identify it as a Christmas passage, but it really is. It's in John chapter 1, verses 1-13, through 13, that kind of give us an understanding of what really took place in a manger so long ago. What really made it so significant that the church, 300 years after Jesus' death, decided, we need to remember this. And hopefully, yes, it is the family time. Yes, it is the turkey or the ham or whatever it is that you ate. It is the cookies and the fudge. It is the punch. It is the presents and the gifts and the trees. Yes, that's all of that. The family time that we have. The celebrations. Wonderful. But it's more than that. It's really a description, a remembrance of the greatest event in all of human history. When God came among us. So, notice with me. Verse 1 of John, and the apostle writes, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And he was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness, to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as receive him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Here's what we're going to do, folks. We're going to take this verses and we're going to really divide it into two sections here to help us understand that when we think about Jesus, and here's the reality, for a lot of folks, Jesus is simply the babe in the manger this time of year. And what I want us to see from this passage, from what is known as the prologue to this gospel, is John is wanting to get us to understand that there is something more eternal that's going on here. There's something more divine that is happening here than you realize. There's, there's something on a greater scale than just simply a baby in a manger. We need to see that he's more than just a baby, that really we celebrate Christmas, we remember Christmas For you and I as believers because it is a significant event in human history and it is a significant event for you and I, the virgin birth. So notice we're going to see the eternal perspective and then John also tells us what the responses are to him. First of all, the first thing we see in verse 1 is this. So did you understand John uses the word word, but the word there refers to Jesus Christ. He says, in the beginning was the word. Who's that? Jesus. In the beginning was Jesus and Jesus was with God. The Word was with God. And the Word was God. Here's the first thing I want you to see about this babe in the manger. Jesus is eternal. He's eternal. He has always existed. Notice what it says there. In the beginning. That harkens back, actually, all the way back to Genesis chapter 1. very first few words of Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning. Jesus has always existed. In fact, if you go throughout the New Testament, he's given many titles. One of the titles that he's given is the first and the last, the Alpha and Omega. He has always existed. He's eternal. But John takes it one step further. He talks about, number one, that he... In the beginning was the Word. In the beginning was Jesus. He goes on to the next part of that verse says, And Jesus, the Word, was with God. So what's that talking about? He's talking about that this Jesus has always had a relationship with God the Father. He's had a relationship, was with God. But he goes one step further and he says this. It's just not enough to say that he had a relationship with God. He goes one step further and he says this. And the Word was God. It's not just a babe in a manger. Jesus is God. Now, let's just stop for a moment. Digest that for a moment. Think about that. Chew on that for a moment. Think about it for a moment. The babe that we committed our lives to, the one who went to the cross for us, the one who lived among us, and and the one who lives even now, the reality of it is, is that He is God. That's what He's saying here. John, from the very beginning, starts off telling us right off the bat that Jesus is eternal and that He's God. Isn't that an awesome thought? In fact, the next thing I want you to see here, in fact, that's what my next point is. Jesus is God. Jesus is God. See, this is the stumbling block for many people. This is this is where many people have a problem. It, you know, it's okay if Jesus was... The babe in the manger. It's okay for us to to celebrate that. It's okay for us if Jesus was just some teacher. It's it's okay if Jesus was, you know, even just Savior, that he died for our sins, if you want to grasp that reality of it. But to go one step further and say, Yeah, he's God, that blows people's minds. They can't comprehend it. They don't want to comprehend that. Maybe the Son of God, that's okay. But to say that he's God that that's beyond comprehension. In fact, It goes one step further. If you look at verses 3 and 4, look at what it says. And all things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. And in him was life, and the life was the light of men. Here's what I want you to see. The first thing I want you to see there from that passage is this. Jesus is life. He's life. And he goes one step further. He he goes one step further in his description of Jesus as life. He talks about that this life is is light. So you understand the word picture that's going on here? You know, we, we need light, don't we? In fact, we need light in the building right now so you can read and so you can see. We need light when it's dark so that we don't bump into stuff and hurt ourselves because have you ever been somewhere where it's pitch black and you try to find yourself around in there? You know, it, 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 it's, it's really awkward. You know, like in my house, if you ever come to my house, we don't have a street light out in front of our house for some reason. And so when it's dark at night, it's dark. And when I get up in the middle of the night, I step on cats because I can't see. All of a sudden, woo! there's something there, and it was there, you know. And most of us, that's really a picture of human life, isn't it? Because we, we whether, I mean, just think of it figuratively, We, we are groping around, trying to find our way. In this world, trying to find meaning, trying to find, let's say it, life, and we're stumbling. And we have no sense of direction. But in the midst of the darkness of our life is Jesus, and here's what John is saying, He's life. He's the life that you're wanting. He's the life that you're needing. He's the light. So that you don't have to grope around anymore. And think about the stuff we grope around with because we want life. Let, let's be honest. Let's stop for a moment. Think about it for a moment. All of us here are in pursuit of life. I'm just using that as a generic term for a moment. I want you to think about it for a moment. You think about what it is that you strive after. Is it stuff? You know, for, for instance, we just had Christmas Day yesterday. And, and if you were in the canon household... It was a long, long morning opening up all the gifts. It's not because there were many gifts. It's because we opened a few and enjoyed a few. So the first gift was opened, and it was an hour before we opened up the second gift because everybody was enjoying the first gift, and and it was just a long, drawn-out process. Now, it's changing in my household because when I was a kid, when we opened them, we opened them all up, you know, and... And, and so you, you hear things like, oh, thanks, Dad, thanks for the gift, and that's what I've been wanting. And, and and I know this because I'm an observer of humanity and I'm an observer of my family. I know that a week from now, there'll be a desire for something else. Everybody know what I'm talking about? And so uh, why am I using that illustration? Here's what I want you to see. We, listen to me, we are looking for something in our lives, and we're groping around in the darkness, and we're hoping, and and so we're hoping maybe it's my job that will bring me the satisfaction, or a relationship that will bring me satisfaction, or, or this, or that, or family, or kids, or whatever will bring satisfaction. But it doesn't. None of it is life. In fact, sometimes it may be a death, if you know what I mean. Do you understand when people people go off into drugs? The, the, you know the reason for experimenting with them and getting caught in the trap of the drugs is not because oh I want to do something that's going to destroy my body. They're wanting something out of it that's going to give them some relief for the moment because they're groping in the darkness and then they're caught in the trap. Same thing with alcohol. Same thing with cigarettes. Same thing with food or sex. And so what you what. John is trying to tell us here in this passage as he's giving us the eternal perspective is that Jesus is life. The babe in the manger is more than just a babe in the manger. He's God. He's eternal. He's life. If you want true satisfaction from your life, if you want abundance in your life, it's Jesus you need to be seeking after. In fact, isn't that what Jesus said? I've come that you may have life, and that you may have it more abundantly. That's what Jesus came for. He's life. And then see, John goes on, again in verse 3 especially, he goes on and gives us another perspective of the eternal here that I think is significant that you and I need to digest, and that's this. Jesus is creator. He's creator. Look at what it says. I mean, this is a pretty bold. We're not just talking about some simple teacher here. We're not just talking about some simple babe born tragically in a manger We're not just talking about some pathetic figure from history that ended up getting crucified. We're talking about John is making a claim here that nobody else can, a lot of people just flat out reject and don't want to accept. It's, okay, it's, all right, maybe God, maybe, uh, but a lot of people don't. But then you go one step further and you say that he is creator. Look exactly what John, all things were made through him and without him nothing was made that was made that is a very bold statement what's he saying here the very reason we exist the very reason why our world exists is because of Jesus and if there was no Jesus we wouldn't be here that's what he's saying Well, you say well it's a pretty messed up world he made folks what he made was perfect the people who messed it up was us you understand? He's creator. He created you. See, now let right, let's let's wrap our mind around it. Let's stop for a moment. Let's wrap our mind around the four things we've just talked about, real quick here. Look, notice what it says He's eternal, He's God, He's life, He's creator. This is the Word. This is Jesus Christ. This is who He is in reality. And, and, and what I want you to see is, look with me what it says there, verse 14. We didn't read this when I read you the passage, but verse 14 kind of sums it up and brings it all into the Christmas story that you are so familiar with. Notice what it says, "...and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us." This Eternal One, this God... This Creator, this life became flesh. He was born in the greatest miracle that ever existed. The virgin birth. That's what Christmas is about, folks. God coming among us. I mean, think about it. He didn't come with a big splash. I mean, think about it. I mean... For, for us as humans, if we want to make a show and we want to show up and we want everybody to know we're there, it's a big splash, isn't it? It's like a big entrance. He didn't do that. Of all the things He chose to come as, among us as a baby. A helpless baby. That's the eternal. That's the reality. But I want you to see something else here. John... Right off the bat, and this is so true in the Gospels, because whenever you see the portrayal of Jesus, whenever you see the reality of who he is, there are always going to be responses. It sounds like something we've been talking about a lot lately, isn't it? There's always going to be responses. So even right here in these first few verses of John chapter 1, he shows us right off the bat that there are responses to the whole reality of who Jesus is. And we actually see four things here that I want you to see. Number one. Jesus can't be grasped. Look at verse 5. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. What's going on here? The reality of Jesus shines in the midst of the darkness that's all around us. And those of us who are in darkness, we can't truly grasp the reality of who He is. He can't be grasped. And I think that's so true for even some of us who are Christians who have been in church a long time. If you really thought about it, if you thought about all that you ever learned about Jesus, you don't truly grasp who He is. I don't. Because we can't understand. I mean, think about it for a moment. I I mean, let's just talk about the Christmas story. Let's wrap our brain around the Christmas story for a moment. A 14-year-old virgin, Mary, conceives a child born of the Holy Spirit without human relationship. She gets pregnant. She bears a child, never knowing a man. God born in a babe. We just don't think stuff like that up on our own, do we? I mean, if you think about it, the whole concept of it is beyond... there There are better fairy tales than that. I mean, you're laughing, but you understand what I'm saying. Here, let me add to it. Then he lives a perfect life. He's rejected by men. And he then is crucified so that you may have forgiveness of sins. Here's what the Apostle Paul says about it in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. That the wisdom of God in the cross is foolishness to men. This is what John is saying. And the darkness could not comprehend. See, that's the first response. Jesus cannot be grasped. So let me help you there, folks. Some of you, you are trying to share about Jesus with your friends, and, and you're trying to share about the reality of who he is in your life. And have you noticed that some of the folks that you're sharing with just don't seem to get it? How many know what I'm talking about? Here's why. They can't grasp it. Here's the other response. They did not know who he is. Look with me, verse 10, it says very clearly. He was in the world and the world was made through him and the world did not know him. Here he is, creator, created everything and he comes among us and we don't even have any clue who he is. It's not just that we can't grasp the reality of it. Even when he's there and when he's doing what he's doing, they didn't know who he was. In this very same gospel, there's an amazing story. It's in the 11th chapter And the story is about a man by the name of Lazarus who dies, who's a friend of Jesus. The story says very clearly that Jesus did not leave immediately when he got word that Lazarus was sick, but waited, waited three days. By the time he gets to the grave, Lazarus has been in the tomb three days. Now, I have to explain something to you. In that day, they did not embalm bodies as they do now in our in our community and so forth. So by that time, it's a, it's a Mediterranean hot area. You could almost understand that the decomposition process is beginning to take place in a body. In fact, that's what they say to Jesus in the passage. When Jesus says, open the tomb, they said, Lord, he stinks. What's that talking about? The decomposition process is taking place. But Jesus said, Open the tomb. And then he calls Lazarus out. Lazarus, come forth. And the man who has been dead for three days is raised up alive. The passage then goes on and tells us that there's a celebration in that home. There would be, wouldn't there? And Lazarus is eating at the table with Jesus. But the passage also tells us this. They sought to kill him because of what he did. What is going on there? I mean, the guy raises the dead. And people want to kill him? What's going on? They didn't know who he is. You see it? They don't grasp it. They don't see it. They don't know who he is. That's the response today. And and there's another response here. And we saw it. They reject him. Look with me at verse 11. And he came to his own, and his own did not receive him. What's that rejection? He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. In particular, John is specifically talking about the fact that Israel is his own. And Israel had the promises of the Messiah coming. And so here he is, the Messiah, coming to them. And they didn't receive him as Messiah. They rejected him and crucified him. They rejected him. And we see that today, don't we? We see all three responses. All around us. In fact, you might be here today and you are responding in the same way. You can't grasp who He is. You don't know who He is. And then flat out you just reject who He is. And that's what's going on with the Hoax Christmas celebration, isn't it? We can't grasp that it's God in a baby. We don't understand it. So why bother? Let's party. Or we just flat out what? Reject it. I mean, do you understand that even atheists will celebrate Christmas? Do you know that? They don't believe in God. Why do they celebrate Christmas? Because it's a great holiday. It's a great time of year. Everybody wants presents, you know. See, those are the reactions. But John also tells us that there's another response. Look with me at verse 12 through 13. Look at what it says. But as many as receive him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God to those who believe in his name, who were born not of the blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of God, but of God. Here's what he's saying. Those who accept Jesus become the children of God. Those who accept Jesus become the children of God. Folks, let, let's just stop for a moment. I want you to grasp it with me. Do you realize this is what Christmas is about? I mean, I, I mentioned this at the Christmas Eve candlelight service. It, it really dawned on me. You know, how many, how many of you have seen the, the signs, Jesus is the reason for the season? I think there's a sign somewhere in the road around here that says that, you know? And maybe you've said that. Keep Christ in Christmas. Jesus is the reason for the season. Or, I, here's another one I've seen. Xmas! Keep the X out of Christmas! How many of you have seen that one? Can I be honest with you? Xmas is the Greek letter, the first letter of Christ. It's a short form for Christ. It's not what we think it is. It's been a historical thing for 2,000 years in the church. You see what we get fired up over? It's nothing. But here's the point I want to make. Here's the point I want you to see. Christmas It's about God coming among us. But Christmas is not just about God coming among us. Christmas is about you and I. Because it's about you and I being given the opportunity to become the children of God. It's about salvation. It's about a new life and forgiveness. It's about us. Yes, Jesus is the reason for the season, but so are you and I. Because without you and I, the desperate condition that we're in because of the sin in our lives, there would have never been a Christmas. There would have never been a cross. Here's what he's saying. Those who accept Jesus become the children of God. You say, okay, George, I don't know how to take some of this up. You've blown my concept of Christmas a little bit today, but how do we wrap this up? Here, let me give you three thoughts. Here's the first question. What does Christmas mean to you? What does it mean to you? Is it family gatherings? Is it fudge? Is it, for me, the big cheese ball? What is Christmas to you? Is it babe in the manger? Is it family and the gifts and memories? Traditions? I mean, what is it? Or is it something so much more than that? Is it the concept that is totally beyond your comprehension, I mean, even for me, the virgin birth, I can't explain that to you. Uh, God coming in human flesh as a baby, uh, yeah, I grasp it by faith, but to, to be able to truly understand that, I can't. What is Christmas to you? Is it the first event in many that would lead to the reality of your salvation? What is it to you? Now, let me just stop for a moment. That's really what the issue is about Christmas. It's not what everybody else who doesn't know Jesus thinks about it. Can I help you understand that? Because Christmas is not about what everybody else thinks and whether or not it's a celebration time or a holiday for them. That's really not the issue. Christmas is what you think if you know Him as Savior. Do you understand? So don't get hyped up. Don't get worked up. What does it mean to you? In fact, you know what? If it truly meant what it's supposed to mean to you, it might actually influence others around you to grasp the reality of Jesus. Do you understand what I'm saying? Fussing at some clerk about saying happy holidays doesn't influence anybody into the kingdom. The issue is, what is it to you? What does Christmas mean to you? So then, I guess the next question is an actual question. What's your response to Jesus then? What's your response to him? And then finally for all of us here, whether you are making that decision or not, the reality is, is you need to embrace Jesus. You need to embrace him and embrace the light. You need to embrace Jesus.
0: Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. This coming week.